Well, I just uh, I did a role reversal. I inter- or, yeah, introduced Jesus Christ. I introduced you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to For the Ladies podcast. Uh, I want to say that weirder and weirder every time I do this. Um, it is South Beach Nico, of course. Back at it again. Um, today, at the time of this recording, it is the day before Super Bowl Sunday. So I know pretty much everybody's going to hear this one after the Super Bowl. So, for me, I'm not too crazy excited about the Super Bowl this year. It's kind of weird, but got a lot of work going on. It's taken my focus away from really looking at the game, uh, previews and stuff like that. And the Bucks aren't in it. The Lions aren't in it, of course. But you know, you know, and I don't bet on sports, so I don't really get jazzed up into that part of it either. So I don't really have a great Super Bowl pick, and most people are going to hear this after the Super Bowl. Um, so if Kansas City wins. I was I was on Kansas City. I had them the whole time. Um, but if the Eagles win, I psh, I pick the Eagles day one. So maybe I'll just edit the intro <laughs> after after the game is played. But um, yeah, so today we have T. Davis on the podcast. He is an Army veteran, which utmost respect to him for doing that. I mean, that's just takes a lot of courage, and um, you know, I have so much respect for him for doing that. Another thing I have great respect for him, too, because I personally have ventured into this world, he's a stand-up comedian. And um, I've been doing that for about a year now, and I know how much courage it takes to get up there, and I think there's a level of respect that all comedians have for each other. You know, T. Davis and I have never really hung out outside of comedy clubs or anything, but and for the first, like, eight months, I was kind of just in my own world. I didn't talk to the other comedians, but... Um, they would all like hang out before the sets would start and I was like off in my own corner. But, you know, you start seeing people around, you get more comfortable being on stage. And so T Davis and I have bumped into each other a lot over the last couple of months. And he's a funny guy, but you know, it's, it's, uh, definitely a respect thing for anybody that gets up there. And, um, I'm looking forward to talking to him. I, like I said, I don't know a ton about him outside of the comedy clubs and, um, the fact that he is a veteran and he has a podcast which is Two Dope Veterans, and it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. So looking forward to this conversation with T. Davis. Shout out to him for taking time out of his busy schedule to, uh, to do it, and uh, let's go. But I did say in my little intro there that you are a veteran, so shout out to you. A lot of respect Thank for that, you. man. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Yeah, so, some, I mean, it takes a lot of courage I don't have. <laughs> Everybody has it. It's just they ain't get pushed yet. I think it's like a Dragon Ball Z type thing. Okay, it's an interesting way to reference it. <laughs> yeah, pushed in the corner. You never know what you what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Now, how for long did you serve for? For the ladies, yeah, man. Uh, fifteen years straight out of high school. Damn. Yeah, I was in ROTC. Um, in high school, all four years. So. It was either football or that at one point. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you again for serving, man. Everybody you serve with, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a lot of guys that's glad to see me start to do the stuff that I'm doing mm-hmm. because it gives them hope. But yeah. Once you're in, you're, it's almost like going to high school. The first year, you're nervous. The third year, you're like, I can't even believe I've been doing this two years. It's done went by so fast. <laughs> and that's how it is with, with life and with being in the Army. It, it went by fast. I can imagine. I mean, that's a long time, though. Um, yeah. yeah, I I was thinking, like, once you're in, you're in. I'm just coming up on one year of doing stand-up. And, like, I don't know. Obviously, super nervous first time I did it. First many times I did it. Yeah. But, you know, you see people around, like, you and I have seen each other around for almost a year now, but... Yeah. So I and figured we had to do the podcast. Yeah, it gets, it gets comfortable. Everything in life gets comfortable. There's certain certain stuff you only want to do for a year, mm-hmm. and then you leave. But then being around, working out... Stand-up is almost like being in the Army, dealing with people. You the The... the different type of comedians in the crowd that we deal with, that part is similar in the army. Hmm. 
because you don't know who you're going to deal with on a nightly basis. You don't know who you got to talk to. But right. when it's your time, you signed up, you're ready to go. You got to get up there and speak your truth or do what you was doing. Yeah. I was telling somebody about that a couple of weeks ago where, you know, if I'll have everything I want to say and I think it's really, really good, but you just get an audience that's not not there for that type of material. It's like, yeah. you know, at first you get discouraged, but then I'll just redo the entire set the next time I do it just to see if it may be the crowd or maybe it really did suck, you know? Sometimes that abort, abort, abort is very <laughs> important. <laughs> uh, you can try to be funny and they ain't listening. Yeah. They ain't, they ain't trying to hit that, especially sometimes with veteran stuff. I get, I, I try to talk about the veteran stuff and certain crowds just don't want to hear it. Yeah. Abort. How long have you uh, been doing stand-up yourself? Mm, I would say June would make two years. Okay. Yeah. Been doing it my whole life, but just to get in front of a stage in front of random people, two years. Okay. And what made you want to do that, get on the stage? Uh... Well, it's a couple of things. Broke up with a long-term, long-time girlfriend. That's one. That's always how you start mm-hmm. doing stuff. Had free time. Two, I was in college, and a lot of people kept saying, you know, I'm, I'm funny. You should be. You should do stand-up. And then three, when you own Instagram so much, when you think things, certain things pop in front of you. Like, if I think about something I need off Amazon sometimes, oh, yeah. it'll pop up in front of me on my Instagram. Yeah. And I was thinking about stand-up. It's like, just wanted to knock it off the bucket list. At least go to a stand-up open mic and do all of that. So I, it popped up, Spitfire, which is uh, a couple of blocks away, mm-hmm. popped, popped up on my Instagram and said, open mics Mondays and Wednesdays. And I was like, I got time. I ain't got it. I was at the end of my degree, really. So I had some free time and I went, watched it, came back the next day and been doing it ever since. Hell yeah. And did you go by yourself or did you have other people like going with you no. the first time you did it? I'm a loner. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm antisocial. It's a lot of, when I, even when I tell people now that I do stand up, oh, you, we don't believe you. You just playing. <laughs> And then I show them a video like, oh, shit, you really in front of people talking. And it's, yeah, it's it's still a shock to people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a great conversation starter if you're not <laughs> feeling like being a loner one day. <laughs> oh, man, it's, I talk more now than I do ever in life. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't like talking, but when people come up and, they, and they're interested, especially after a set, Especially after after going up, mm-hmm. it's great to talk to people because they they give you perspectives of jokes. Like, oh man, when you said that, I and it, and it helps me out sometimes. Yeah, lets and... me know lets me know what I said was either funny or it touched somebody. Yeah, oh. and like, um, so I started Spitfire too. That was um, I basically had somebody push me to do it. <laughs> yeah tried to get out of it that same day and then they like said no you got people coming you have to do it so like okay i guess i'll write jokes (laughs) that's that's pressure yeah and so i was like all right um i mean you know but i realized the first time your friends come and see you do it they're more nervous that you're actually up there so they're just gonna laugh no matter what (laughs) but um yeah like i noticed going to spitfire as much as we did hopefully that gets going again soon um i wish Cause I mean, I live downtown too, so it's a five minute walk for me. Yeah, it's such a great location. Mm-hmm. For it's like during the middle of the week, beginning of the week, because it was Monday and Wednesday when I started. Yeah, me too. And then it moved from Wednesday to Friday, and it was just, I, I, I miss it. Yeah, me too. I, miss it. I mean, and yeah, if you can do two open mics a week, that's a lot, you know. Two open mics. No, if you could do at, two at open one mics place, at one place, in one day. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a lot. <laughs> yeah. The um, but yeah, so like I noticed when I first started coming for the first couple of months, I was like the loner, 
because I was just like in my own head trying to memorize whatever I got to talk about for five minutes. And I would see you guys, like all the other comedians, chatting, hanging out, telling jokes. I was like, ah, I would like to jump in there and talk, but like, I don't want to look like an idiot when I'm not prepared, you know? I don't even remember them days. <laughs> but like, I'd see you on stage and I'd want to ask you questions after you got done. But honestly, you scared the shit out of me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, I get that. I get that even when I'm trying not to be. <laughs> uh, mean or not because it's just people People have their perceptions of everybody everybody's yep. a racist I think everybody likes don't like certain people for certain reasons it could be because this person looks like somebody in your past or so I try to knock that off on stage but beforehand oh yeah believe what you want I think your my favorite joke of yours is when you when you say that you're security or who let security uh, up here Oh, that it was so many times. And Spitfire did that for me. Spitfire gave me that joke. And this one comedian was like, do not stop saying that because you live that. Like, yeah. I, would, I would sit out front of Spitfire and just wait for the list to drop or just to chill, just to get some air. And people would walk by and literally say that all the time. Hand me their <laughs> the ID card. So I just, I just ran with it. <laughs> you could have charged too. You could have made some money. Oh man, if I knew. But then you know that karma. Oh yeah, that of course, karma of comes back. <laughs> um, how do you uh, like when you're gonna tell a joke that you're gonna say on stage? Is it just stuff from your daily life that you bring into it, or how do you do it? How do you approach it? Whatever you want to joke about. Uh, most of the time, it's stuff I don't see. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's stuff I don't see. Went through. Or just I, if I get a if I get a laugh out of it when nobody else is there, I think it's funny. Yeah. So I'll try it, put it away if it works. If it doesn't, keep trying it, keep trying it. But most of most of my jokes and stuff that I I can fact check. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest part. It's easier to remember something that happened to me instead of something that didn't. Oh, absolutely. So, my jokes are basically like my life but just a little bit expanded you know yeah i just i just like talking about stuff i see like people falling and <laughs> just the, especially the, the crazy other comics that's what a lot of people don't see those the, the comics beforehand and the, just the matter i don't want to say brotherhood but just the camaraderie mm-hmm. once you know somebody and they're going through something it's 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 weird yeah it is like I've noticed like I'll see people around like obviously you but a couple other people we saw at Coconuts last Tuesday coming up to me like I'm grabbing a beer before I go up and they're like, Hey man, good to see you again. Like I don't even know your name, but yeah. that's cool, you know, cool to get recognized within like the little group around this area. And that's that's the wait, wait till you start walking in like the mall or you go out somewhere. Hey, I remember you, you were the comic. I've been on the beach running and a guy has <laughs> ran up to me. Hey, I remember you talking about running on the beach on stage. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like about to punch this dude. Cause I don't, he's running up to me. While right. I'm running. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, it's those type of interactions that it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It breaks me out of my little bubble because I'm, PTSD and I stay away from everybody. Right. Yeah. I try. I try to at least. Right. Well, I mean, it, which can be hard if the more you put yourself out there, like, exactly. like you do, like I do now. Um, yeah. But it's cool. Like when you know, if you see people enough, even if they, I mean, for me, if they get up there and they bomb for some reason, if you get up there and bomb one night, it's still like there's a respect because I know what it takes to get up there in the first yeah. place. You know. And it's 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 a lot of people don't respect it until they think it's easy. They think mm-hmm. it's they think it's easy as doing a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. I could sit around and talk and I but when you up there and it's all eyeballs on you now I've I've dealt with that being in the military doing safety briefings and deployment. So I'm sort of it's almost like a calling for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, How do you so how do you how are you so good at just talking to random people? And it's because I've had to talk to random people yeah so 
a lot of people they don't they they don't know. They don't know how to connect the the funny with the real life and it's just timing. Yeah. Yeah. It is really a good time though. I'm super stoked to be doing. I'm going to Orlando for like two weeks for work, and they have so many open mic some. nights. Yeah, that's that's that two hour drive is. A lot of people telling telling me that we have it good being in this area with with the Tampa with the St. Pete area. I ain't gonna call it St. Uh, Tampa. Right. The St. Pete area has a lot of stuff that other places don't have. <coughs> And that's that's the beauty part. I need to get to the Orlando side. Yeah, I'll let you know how it is, or if you want to come out one night, I've got the evening. Yeah. So I'm, I'm planning on doing a bunch of them. I I did. I think the closest I've went that way, I did one in Winter Haven, mm-hmm. and I want to say that's the LOL. I did a roast there, and that that was a nice room. Hmm. And that's the other thing I like about stand up too: the different type of rooms that you be in. Yeah, that's what that's that's. And I'm hearing a lot of comedians say that now because I don't listen to other people stand up like the famous guys. Right. But I listen to like their podcast. So and they I talk about the rooms to, a lot. Yeah, I talk. I I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and all the comedians that come on and they talk about how different rooms, their favorite rooms, the ceilings below, and just different. Every one of them have a different type of vibe, even yeah. on the um. Certain people have like certain people love. I love coconuts because it feels like what I thought a comedy club would be. Yeah, and I talked to Bob, the owner, and he said it was modeled after like a New York yeah. comedy place. Bob is a good dude, man. I, um, he's one of the owners at Coconuts. He has a actual replica of the club, damn it, at his house too. Really? <laughs> yeah. So if he wanted to do like stand up, up he. He he stays on the water. He's one of those retired guys, um, in Treasure Island. But he has it, man. Coconuts is in his blood. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I love that venue from like the moment I stepped in. It's yeah. tinier, but like, it looks like a legit comedy place. Uh, fucking Steep Station, not Steep Station. Spitfire is like a garage. Yeah. When I compare the two, Spitfire is like a garage, and you have a band or. And you can fit maybe twenty to thirty people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coconuts. I've been on there on the weekend, and it's been packed to where they had to turn people away. It was so many people in that room. Wow! And that feeling of doing your bits and stuff like that—oh my god! <laughs> that that would make you want. That's why I was like, "Bump that! I got to do something here." And yeah, I just the open mic. They was like, hey, we need somebody uh, to host. And I'm like, I got you. And I ain't never let it go since. I've been doing it for about, uh, I want to say summer of last year. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, not that long. Yeah, I came up to you a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, you're going to be here next Tuesday. And you're like, I'm here every Tuesday. But I'm used yeah. to like, you know, Spitfire at different places where there's like rotating hosts. Yeah. And that's, I never got to host. Um, Spitfire. No, I, I did a couple. I did shows there, like in the back room. Mm-hmm. But the host, no, I didn't. I never got that opportunity. I wanted to, but it also gave me the realms to get in there and get out. Yeah. Like, every every everybody's uh comedic journey, I guess, is different. So I hit the ground running. A lot of people, you're doing too much, you're doing too much, but it's fun to me. Yeah. When you started, you just like start going to a bunch of different open mics around the area? No, I started off with Spitfire. That was just twice a week. I did that for like two months, just that. And then I heard about coconuts from another comedian and then traveled out to do that. Then I found out about it just just gradual steps. Mm-hmm gradual steps once i had spitfire and coconuts i was content because that was um what monday tuesday wednesday yeah monday tuesday wednesday monday tuesday so i did that for about four to five months and then i just the world got opened up to me with the facebook page and then just start learning different comedians and going to tampa a little bit and uh Clearwater has a couple of spots, uh, Palm Harbor, 
just getting out. But not not um what's the word? Not trying to make it my day job though. Right. A lot of a lot of people were making it their day job and now they don't do it no more. Oh yeah. And but so like the the more you got out you started doing like shows and stuff too because of it? Yeah, it was it's it's it's, it's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. You have to be funny and who you know. Like I never pressured anybody, never hey, how I do that? Hey, how I get on this show? Just little stuff. Some people they only do two two open mics and now they want to be on the show. I just let it come to me. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of a lot of guys around here that also they they stop doing the the open mics and start doing more shows. It's an evolution to it, and mm-hmm. I just thought, hey, y'all got a show, put me on. If you got me, I got you. Mm-hmm. So shows here now. I got one today. They they have competition too. Uh, I think the one I have today is that Coastal Creative. I think it's oh. like 10, 10 comics. Oh, nice. I've got a friend who works there. Yeah. That's a nice little... Being in that place um, with... Oh, I think they said it was like 300 people in the crowd. Wow. And it was just rocking. I did my, my five minutes that I do at Coconuts. Or my five minutes I was doing at uh, Spitfire and killed it. Hell yeah. Didn't win, but it felt good. I got the video of it. It's just, you got to build on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had any that were, like, completely terrible, whether it was open mic or a show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that 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 comes with the territory. Sometimes it don't be nobody in the crowd. Yeah. Matter of fact, what I'm, the show that I'm talking about, I had one at Coastal. Killed that one. Didn't stay around. Because I had another show that I was featured in. And when I got to that show, you go from 300 people telling you you're funny laughing to a crowd of one and it's live. Oh, man. So it's just like, man, I should have just stayed where I was at and felt good for the rest of the night. Now right. I'm here. <laughs> but you, you learn something, you get to work on stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the beauty of it. You're never done with a joke. In my eyes, it can always get worked on. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. Like, the first couple of times if something didn't go well, I would just give up on it. But, like, I've got enough stuff now over a year that I'm like, I can go back and do those jokes. See why they weren't funny. Yep. Or maybe it was just what I said. Do you record all your uh, sets? I do, yeah. Okay. Which way? Um, I video. Okay, that's good. Same way. Like I, uh, I want to see how I move too, and all that, you know. That that part, that part, because it's it's certain times it it you'll hear the laugh, but you won't hear the joke. Right. You'll hear it in your head, like you said it, but it won't it, it the way that they heard it may be different. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a good thing. That's usually why I have somebody come. If not, all just like prop the phone up on like a bottle or something. I got a little good, handy dandy GoPro. Oh, nice! And I just take that with me wherever I go. Prop it up somewhere. Start it right before I walk out. I got it. That's yeah, that's a smart move. I mean, that's a thing though. Like, you know, you might say little word that you don't register you're saying, or you might mm. move in a different way that you have no idea you even do that. And then you're like, you're more aware of it. My biggest thing, dude, like. When I started getting like the material was flowing better and I was more comfortable with it overall, then I would start thinking, I'm like, what do I do with my hand that's not on the mic right now? Oh yeah. Like the, where do we put that? <laughs> the um what I call it, the Ricky Bobby hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cause it's 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 just the groove I've had and, and that's the beauty with doing stand up too. You get information from people. Mm-hmm. They give you uh pointers, um good and bad. You get you get good pointers from good comics. You get bad pointers from good comics too, mm-hmm. and vice versa with the horrible guys. Uh, but that that stage presence is is something that you can't make up. Mm-hmm. You got to get up there and be uncomfortable in front of people and figure out where you want to put your hands at. Like sometimes I can sit down, sometimes I can stand up, sometimes I lean, and and it's just 
it's all about you. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, you'd probably be your own biggest critic. You're in your own head, but like these people oh, don't know you, yeah. you know, <laughs> these people don't know you're trying to work on something like that. You mm-hmm. notice one little thing. And that, that's the biggest part. Cause you like, man, I can't say this joke again and again, but they ain't never heard it. Right. <laughs> now, when you run into a room that everybody done heard it, that's where you got to uh, fire and adjust. Yeah. Now, do you have, like, backup stuff that you'd switch out if you notice that everybody has already heard it? Yeah, I try I try to keep a running mm-hmm. list of backup stuff just in case. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's way of writing down their jokes and doing everything is different. Me, personally, I had a notes on my phone, and whenever I can, I write something down. Yeah. Or when 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 all this fails, talks about somebody in the crowd. That's true. That that's something I'm still working on, just because like now you gotta be on the spot thinking. It's depending on the crowd. Like I said, I don't been in some in the room. Depending on the room, because some rooms are there to laugh. Yeah. Some rooms are just there because their friend brought them up. Right. And that's uh, just know, knowing those different type of rooms and being being prepared. So the last time I was at Spitfire, um, I think I was number 15 on the list, so definitely not early. But, you know, the other comedians went up and they were out the door. Um, yeah. But there was this one big crowd of like eight people and they were like laughing at everything. The person that they were there to see went number 14 and I was 15. So by the time he got done, they were just kind of done with the night. They didn't laugh at a single thing I said. Uh, I've seen it where people brought 15 people. And it's, I'm next. As soon as they get off, they haul ass. Yeah. I done seen it where people brought their birthday party. I've, I've been in multiple rooms to where kids are priority number one. Comedy is hmm. second. And you have to do your bit while there's kids running around and doing. I've had a kid walk up on the stage while I'm. Oh my God. (laughs) It was one I was doing stand up, and this little kid, I want to say she was 14, and she just stared the whole night. (laughs) Just stared. Now, mind you, I have shades on most times. Right. She stared stared every comedian up and down. The whole night was awkward. Oh my gosh. But it's just it's just those experiences. Now I can talk about those and and use them as energy. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You and you learn so much about how to deal with people, like you said earlier. But it's it's, it's, it's a it's rush. Funny. I mean, there's nothing like it when it goes well. Oh yeah. And then then this is the part they don't tell you about. The when it goes well and you don't record it, mm. that's one. When it goes well and you don't say half of the stuff that you thought you were going to say. Uh-huh. You have so much, damn, if I could have said that in front of them people, if I could have right. said that, and you'll never get that same crowd again. Right. Yeah, that would have hit you. Damn. That's the, that's the part that's frustrating but fun. You know what really... You know what really tripped me out the first time it happened was I was like in the middle. I was just building towards the punchline I was going to tell. And somebody starts cracking up at something I didn't think they were going to laugh at or anybody would laugh at. And like that threw me off more than when I think something's funny and people don't laugh. That's why the security guard thing was, I'm like, y'all laughing at that? (laughs) So I know what you're thinking. And they already start laughing. I'm like... (laughs) Okay, this gonna be a good night then. That's, right, and that's that's the the gift and the curse of having a having a look. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what I wear. I'm nine times out of ten on the biggest black guy in the room, so I can play off of that. Right, and then it's just okay. Let's see how racist we're gonna be. <laughs> and it all started off with somebody just laughing. And then it just built. And that person has yeah. no idea that, you know, something they laughed at is something you're still doing a year from now, from then. Yep. They, they have no clue that they gave, they're giving you some some gems, some jibs. Mm-hmm. 
my thing is like I'm a five five white dude, so I'm very much the opposite, very tiny. And then you're the host, and I usually get up and just start like talking a little bit of shit to you. Everybody do. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. I'm like, you could squash me right now if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> be, and that's what's the beauty part of it, the hosting part. Like that's a whole different animal compared to doing stand up because I just get to talk talk about y'all and bring y'all up. Right. I get to talk shit and, and I can work on stuff if I want to, but at a certain point I'm just here to just come next person. All right, he's done, next person, next person, next thank y'all for coming out. Yeah. A lot of a lot of times it just be us in there as far as comedians. So I just like to have fun. And yeah. Most most of them, like you said, everybody's smaller than me, so I just get to just say the most random shit. Now, have I pissed people off? Yeah. <laughs> have I made people mad and up? Yeah, but it's all in the game. Yeah. I think actually my second favorite thing that you do is when you start singing Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, get everybody else man. sing along. <laughs> Accident. That's one of those things. Like I naturally have knew that song. Didn't have to study for it, just made sure I knew some words because at the end he'd be fucking freestyling. Yeah. But just not the one day I did that, just pissed off the crowd wasn't listening to me. And it was just <laughs> a whole bunch of people. And I just started, you know what? Started singing it. And then everybody's like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, that scared you, didn't it? And then it just, it just, it took on because a lot of people don't think that that's me. Right. It, it like, you can't do it twice. You can't do it. And it just, it hits. No, that makes me laugh every time you do that. <laughs> I freaking love then, that. Then the dude, um, Anthony, I can't say his last name, but he was on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. And he said, like, he ride down L.A. and he see the biggest, toughest gangsters singing under the bridge. <laughs> and it's, it's true. I've been in Iraq and, and on duty stations when we do PT sometimes, some units, I don't know if they do it like this now, but they play music early in the morning. Mm-hmm. They've played that a couple of, it, it's, it's coming, come on in the gym while I'm working out. Yeah. So it's like, okay, God, you, you telling me to keep saying it. Hell yeah. And I just bring it, especially when the crowd is just, they're tight. They don't even want to laugh. Mm-hmm. But then if I start singing something, you probably played in, I have women, I had people cry when I do that song. <laughs> I've had people run out. I had a woman run out of the comedy club. And I was like, oh, shit, what did I do wrong? I don't, you, ne- you never know what these songs do to people. Right. So it's a beauty thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it's nerve wracking every time I do it, though. No, it's always good. I mean, I think that's the best thing about doing stand-up is you make it literally your own. There's no template for it. But everybody thinks it is, so. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, the, huh? yeah, everybody okay. thinks it. Yeah, hey, go ahead. Have you had somebody ask you for the secret yet? How uh, do you do this? How do you do that? Tell me your secrets. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> and what do you say then? It's your own trail. I can't. I can tell you what I do, but it it is almost. I I write in cursive. People look at me like I'm an alien because I still write in cursive. I yeah. was raised writing in cursive. Mm-hmm. But it's for somebody who never, for somebody who never learned cursive, they're gonna have a bad day. Right. Looking at my manuscript. So it's just like I can't. I can tell you something, but you as the person has to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's very important to like record when you're doing stuff because then you're aware of what you're doing, but you can build off of it. Yeah. Build the positives, get rid of the negatives. Um, the craziest thing I ever did when people weren't going to laugh and I knew, I was sitting there and all I could hear was like comedians bashing the crowd for being bad crowd, bad crowd, bad crowd. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem productive. And so I got this fun idea that I would just get up there and take my shirt off immediately to change the energy of the crowd, <laughs> which got a good reaction. But then I realized I'm just like standing on stage shirtless and I'm like, well, fuck, I forgot everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the cool part about doing stand up, too, is you can script what you're going to say all you want to. 
But when you get up there, something could happen in the crowd that just takes everything away. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be prepared for it. Yeah. The, uh, have you ever, like, completely blanked? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I have my um, medical card. Mm-hmm. So I do that before stand-up. That's one of my things. I don't recommend that for everybody. But I'm uh, capable of smoking and then going on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I forgot what we were talking about before that. Blanking on stage. Oh, see? I just did it just <laughs> Perfect example. But it's been times I go up there. That's why That's why it's good to have that. I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Because that centers me regardless of how to run it. Because depending on the way the person brings me up, sometimes I can't do some of my material. Hmm. Because I try to not tell everybody. I, I try to lean into what people thinking of me. Mm-hmm. But when somebody says, oh, he has a podcast, or oh, he's a veteran, and da, 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 he works out, I'm like, well, got to put those, not away, but know that they already know that. Right. Yeah, because usually you're telling people, at the end of your set, you're doing podcasts, stuff like yeah. that. So now you got to change it, yeah. Which, in that moment, when you're walking up, that's got to be tricky. Yeah, well, I'm... You, I'm I'm prepared for it now. Before I used to get mad, like motherfucker, don't say that. Don't don't but now it's it's they they're showing you love. Yeah. Because they know you. Like right. so it's 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 a gift it's a it's a it's a gift and a curse. You gotta you gotta you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them, I guess. Well yeah, last week you said I was funny when I was coming out by the stage. I was like, Oh fuck, now I have to be funny. See? <laughs> it's just those little because like me, I'm bad with I'm good with faces, bad with names. Yeah, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And I just I play into it. Yeah, like oh, you said my name wrong. Okay, I was high. Uh, <laughs> oh, you said my name wrong again. I mean, I'm high again. Like this is the same person you talked to last week. We're gonna get through it. <laughs> yeah, I never like take it personally. I just like to give you a jab. Oh, which I mean. It. Yeah, that people, honestly sets people. me sets me up. Yeah, and that's I, I it took me a while to get used to that because I'm I'm older than most of the people that's doing it, so I have to remember that this is a child compared to me. <laughs> I I can't expect for them to understand what I'm trying to tell them. Right. But you just you just got to continue to try because I'm trying too, and that's why I have to tell, listen. I'm older, but I'm still learning. I don't yeah. know everything. Yeah. Now, um, like you mentioned Iraq and everything like that, talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but are there like, do you guys do stand up or anything like when you have downtime or anything over there? Like, do they organize uh, stuff like that? They do. I actually, and this is how funny what I'm doing is now, I met George Wallace when I was in Korea. Really? Have a, have a picture with him and everything, but I wasn't doing stand up. I was just. You, it's almost like a nine to five, but you're in college. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like being in the army. They have stuff set up for us. They have little trips. They have comedy, but you're not even really thinking about it unless you're doing it. Unless you, unless that's your passion. Like I've been to so many comedy clubs just on a date or just to get out, not thinking that I could be the one right up there doing it too. Right. Is that so something they, you might want to do at some point? Like tour around, yeah. do stand up. Yeah. I think I I think my calling, because talking with Bob, Bob has a lot of people, a lot of famous guys come through Coconuts and started at Coconuts. So he's been hooking me up with this. Uh, I can't remember his name offhand, but he does the USO tour. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually in the Air Force, Michael Bivens or David Bivens, I believe. Okay. Um. But I'm trying to get on the U.S. U.S. USO tour because I I think that's my give back to the to the service members to be able to go on posts and make them laugh while they're dealing with the stuff that they're dealing with. Yeah, and I mean they could relate to a lot of stuff relate. you can tell, you know. Yeah, stuff you probably couldn't tell to a normal Wednesday night open mic crowd. I can, but it's like going through one end out the other. Right. But Unless with, you get with, it, you know. You might have that one dude that's like, that's, yeah, that's on, like spot on. Some, some crowds, some crowds, when people come in out of town, 
that's that's the best spot to be because I don't talk to people from Milwaukee, everywhere, everywhere, and that's that's a that's another thing that helps with stand up being able to be relatable to another somebody that's from out of town. Yeah, because we could talk about St. Pete stuff all day. We could talk about Clearwater and the traffic and all that. But yeah, when you start talking about people. Other like Texas, like I, I spend a lot of time in Texas and Georgia. Uh oh, look like Resident Evil crows coming around. <laughs> I can hear them actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, I've been doing this podcast since 2019. Oh, oh wow, you OG. <laughs> yeah, I started. So I met the, uh, you know, the Dosekis guy, most interesting man in the world. Yeah. I met him and uh, read his book, and he's actually super interesting. His whole life is really cool. Um, and then I just wanted to get into entertainment in some fashion, and podcast was the coolest way to start, and it was cheap. Yeah. And so I just started like talking with my friends and doing stuff, and um, now it's just kind of branching out and talking to whoever is down to do it. And that's why I was like excited to ask you, because you're the first person I've talked to about comedy on here that actually does it. Oh, it's an honor, man. <laughs> but how, yeah, I mean, you've got a podcast, Two Dope Veterans. How long have you guys been doing it? Uh, been about two years now. Okay. Um, I said broke up with a girl. I said fuck it, try some new stuff. And then I just was depressed and and stuff. And my boy was like, "Let's do a podcast." And he was he was free. We've been doing it ever since. What do you guys uh, talk about? Everything. We talk about okay. like the daily stuff that goes on in life. Uh, talk about our kid because I have three boys. He has one daughter. Talk about family. He was raised by his dad who was in the army. I was raised by a single parent mom, and they both worked at the city of St. Pete. And it's just a small, hmm. two dope world of how our lives like intertwine because I he was. Wasn't born here, but he was raised here. I was born and raised in St. Pete. Okay. Um, but we never knew each other until I came home from being out of out of the army. Okay. So it's just just a battle butter mentality. Just we talk about mental health, uh, just everything, getting it all out because we don't have a a manuscript on life. Women, I think, have the best grip on life because there's so many examples for them to choose and paths and directions, even though they're fighting for equality and stuff like that. But mm. movies and directions and stuff like that to where a man lost on his way can run to, a podcast is like the safest thing now. Yeah. Because you can do it. Like, I'm, I'm out here working on a... Um, I got a uh, leg leg press machine I'm working on, and I can I was listening to podcast before you called me, <laughs> and I just I like that I can be moving doing stuff with my hands and still listening, and then they're having a conversation with people that's having a conversation. Yeah, I like the uh, so the theme that I like to do is I like it to be where if you're listening to my podcast, normally you're sitting, it's like you're sitting next to me and whoever I'm talking to at a bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I like doing this phone interview, too, with you. But, like, originally we were going to do it at Coconuts. I was like, that'd be kind of dope because it'd be, like, right outside the comedy place and be on brand for that. But, like, mm. We can do a part two. Yeah, we should definitely do a part two. We, um, after I get back from Orlando, we can definitely do that. Yeah. But, I mean, podcasts are awesome. You get to talk or, you know, if you're listening to one, it's kind of, like, just super easy to listen to. Keep working on whatever you're working on. The, the music nowadays I don't really listen to. So when I'm on a road, especially a road trip, Joe, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan yeah. uh, podcast. I listen to the Joe Budden podcast. Um, Brilliant Idiots, Bamani Jones. It's, it's so many. It's uh, I'm going to start getting into, what is it, Two Bears in a Cave? Okay, I don't uh, think I've heard of that one. I think that's Burt Kreischer and another guy. Hmm. That be on that be on Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. So just just branching out, just hearing different people talk. <laughs> you never like, know what you can, you know. You never know what you pick up. 
Nope. Speaking of, my cat just woke up. She's talking. Um, <laughs> but so there is like same. Hey, babe. Um, this is a show, not a podcast. But uh, do you have Peacock? Oh, I have Firestick. Okay, yeah. So on Peacock, there's a Kevin Hart hosts a show, which is essentially a podcast, but it's just like him and you know maybe Jay Leno or whoever in his winery, and they're like drinking wine uh, and talking stuff. Yeah, I've seen that before. And yeah, like I learned a lot of stuff about comedy from Jay Leno's episode. That's what's up. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's a good and one. Then, I think that was an early. Um, Joe, I've learned a lot of stuff from Joe Rogan and it's the the guys that he brings on his show. Yeah, because it's, it's so many ways to do comedy. It's so many. It's 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 not a blueprint to it. You just gotta do it. Hundred percent. I mean, I think I would recommend to anybody to. I would say work in a restaurant to learn how to multitask and then do stand up at least a couple of times. Okay. I, I mean, the, the army gave me the army gave me so much more. Fucking stop sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, had I done that, that would probably be a good thing to, like, <laughs> add to the list of things that everybody should do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm shit, I'm shit. You had a, you were young then, too, when you first got in, so you had to learn a lot real quick. Real quick. <clears throat> and I was, um, my job was 19 kilo, which is a tanker. Hmm. Everybody think that that's, like, the slow guys, they can't. It's a lot of sophisticated damn equipment, like million, multi-million dollar equipment you're giving to an 18-year-old. Yeah. Signing over all kind of, it's just a lot of stuff you got to be prepared for. And it, it'll spit you up and chew you out. Oh, yeah. But if you grasp it a little bit, if you start understanding a little bit, you can, I got 15 years. Oh, I hear the cat. Yeah, <laughs> she's saying hi. Uh, she's very chatty. <laughs> I love having pets, man. She's the first pet I've ever actually had on my own. I got a, I got a rock roller. Uh, oh, nice. Shoot, I done had him for about two years. His birthday coming up. Nice. Just been keeping myself busy because it's a lot of stuff. Once you stop being in the military. People think that they they roll the carpet out for you, and it's basically like you're coming home from prison. Yeah, that's, you, that's what I've prison. heard. So, trying stuff, trying and trying, and having fun doing stand up. That's that's the thing that's landed for me. Hell yeah! Well, I can get you out of here in a second, but I was just saying, like on our part part two episode, we should dive more into like when you get home from military, and then like the mental health thing. I want to talk about too. Yeah, um, and then obviously more comedy. Oh yeah, the the mental health part, especially for uh, for for men, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky as hell because, and that's it rolls into comedy because sometimes motherfuckers come in there and they be mentally off, mm-hmm. and the laugh make them better or the laugh make them worse. Yeah, and then we got to navigate that because nine times out of ten, it's more men than it is women. Right. So. It's all parallel. Everything in life parallel. I'm seeing now. Yeah. I thought I was a loner with stuff that I deal with. Shit. Mental health. But yeah, we definitely, I'm, I'm ready to do that. Especially yeah. outside, Especially outside and then with the randomness people that we have up there on Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might even have some people jump in, say hi. They'll love it. They'll <laughs> love it. All right, dude, so uh, shout out your podcast one more time. Two Dope Veterans, the number two dope, as in whatever dope you do. And we're two dope veterans born and raised right here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, We're on Spotify, Google. We are actually, we started on Anchor because another battle buddy of mine, he put me on this podcast. Hmm. And I was like, man, give me the game. I went to Vegas. He was one of my old soldiers. And I was like, give me the game. What do I need to do to start a podcast? I flew out there, didn't thinking he's going to give me this elaborate <laughs> view of his office and all this stuff. And all he did is pull out his phone and said, here, anchor. download this app. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I've been doing it on uh, me and my battle buddy. We upgraded equipment, though. 
So we nice. went from this little kit, and then we went and got mics and all this other veterans. We own Spotify, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, all that good jazz. I also have the Instagram page, Tudo Veterans, and my uh, YouTube channel is uh, Double Time Fitness, which I do like workout videos and. That's why I do my, like my motivation quotes and stuff like that. I'm oh hell yeah! Slowly and surely starting to put the stand up on there. I I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna do a whole separate entity or just combine both because everybody's already on my um uh personal tra- not personal training but bodybuilding stuff. I've been doing bodybuilding shows too. I've just been doing a lot of stuff. To, yeah, dude. To... Sounds like you're busy. Yeah, just staying busy. Staying well, busy. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, bro. Oh, man. Appreciate you for having me. I'll definitely be back on here. I got to I gotta do the, um, what they call it? I got to go through the wormhole of all your other podcasts. Do it, man. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many there are, but there's some good ones. I mean, they're all kind of like just my friends and I, but I don't know if you follow racing much, but I had Mario Andretti on my podcast last year. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, like, it's kind of, that's another thing I'm trying to build, but also just don't want to get too serious with it and not have fun, so. Yeah, that's the that's the, that's the beauty of podcasts. It's, it's fun. It's a yeah. little work for the majority of, what episode, how many episodes are you at? Um, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like to say somewhere in the 40 or 50 range. Oh, shit. I, I think we had, like, 167 drop today. Oh, dope. Hell yeah. I'll yeah. check yours out. I just get lazy with mine. <laughs> oh, we straight. Like I said, the pod, my thing with podcasts is uh, them long trips to Orlando or just commute on the on – the, that's when I listen to the uh, podcast. Right? Yeah, which I'm driving out there Monday morning, so I'll probably, I'll probably check out yours, honestly. Make sure you stay safe on that goddamn road. I hate uh, – I-5 I is scary. I drove out there two days ago, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> and i'm driving this like big van for work it's like a space shuttle oh shit which i don't like driving big things like, i'd rather drive a tiny car <laughs> yeah Damn. but hell yeah bro i'm gonna get in touch with you when i'm in orlando maybe try and convince you to come out and do an open mic there but if not i'll see you at coconuts on a tuesday yes sir all right man thanks again t davis everybody no problem thank you for having me see you brother One more shout out to T Davis for coming out for the ladies podcast. That was incredible. Um, super happy we got to chat. And after, you know, like I said, we just bopped into each other around comedy places and to get to know him a little bit. I only knew him from his set, what he said there and just saying, Hey, and bye to him for five minutes. Um, but so much respect for everything he's done, um, with the army and comedy and just, you know, can't wait for a part two episode with T Davis and uh, make sure you listen to his podcast, Two Dope Veterans, the number two dope veterans. And um, yeah, man, it was it was a fun conversation. I hope he does well in the show tonight. By the time this airs, we'll all probably have known that he did great in the show. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking to him again. Hopefully we can get him out to Orlando, do an open mic out there. But till next time, this is South Beach Nico with four the ladies.